Hey guys, welcome to the newest installment of the podcast, webinar and Facebook Live all rolled into one. Um, and this week is going to be a topic that you relate to so very heavily and your friends will and people tell you about it all the time. And to be honest, you'll even feel it about hearing it. Stress. Stress affects us all in different ways. We're going to cover uh, the mental aspect of stress and how that will impact your fitness journey. We will talk about the physiological impact of stress on your body and your fitness journey. And then we're going to go through tips on how we can help natural remedies. And then we're going to lead that straight into a live. So as always, joined by Kyle, we are going to jump on to the stress webinar uh, straight away. And we're just going to get into it. How are we doing, Kyle? We good? Yeah, all good. So I actually have a quote for you because I know you like quotes. Go on. Life is 10% what is thrown at you and 90% how you deal with it. You, you've researched that cliche, haven't you? You've got yeah. that cliche in early. That was, yeah. that, that's, that's absolutely pinnacle for you, isn't it? That, I, I don't thought, see how you'll get better than that today. <laughs> I thought we, it'd be very relevant for stress as well. Yeah. It, it does sum up people's responses to, to stressful environments. So, um, yeah, as, as we're going to show you, that, that quote will have relevance. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's very cliche, but it, it does actually cover one of our topics that we'll talk about today as well. And I think this one is probably the one where I've had most questions about as well. I don't know about you and, and how it impacts. And I think the first thing I want to cover on this podcast that I'm really, really clear about is we are talking about stress from a physiological standpoint on a fitness journey. We are talking about stress in terms of mental wellness. We are not mental health experts and we are not leaving our lane. And if you are saying none of these natural remedies help you, then that is your job to go and speak to a professional, a doctor, a therapist, whoever it is. That is not what we're trying to do. We're talking about the impacts of what stress actually are, how they affect your fitness journey, how they affect day to day life. And remember, stress is not depression or anxiety or a mental health illness. Stress is something we all have in our lives every day. So that's that's my disclaimer, um, because I've had a couple of questions where I'm like, well, that is not not for me um so yeah just just put that in there so without further ado I guess yeah because as, as coaches we have to understand this um because stress has a as people are going to see in the presentation and and from what we talk about is st- what we're trying to do in the gym is stress uh, in some format in terms of volume and, and training structure and stuff like that so stress is good and also stress can be bad so um I'll let you go through the first points Travis Oh, so what we're going to cover today is, are you stressed? And I'm certainly sure that you are. And if you don't know you are, you definitely are. Um, Is it always bad? And what you should know about that. Um, We're going to look at glass half full. So that's sort of when we're going to, and we've tried to keep these quite generic because I don't want you to run away from this. Is your glass half full in terms of stress or is it overflowing? Is it getting on your nerves? Does it affect your hormones? And how can we manage it? And that includes the cardio for stress as well, where you're probably thinking, what on earth? Why am I going to do cardio for stress? Um, which is probably something Carl will build on quite heavily as well. So that's what we're going to go through today. Um, and yeah, Carl mentioned his cliche. What was it? What did you say? Not, life, life is 10% stress. Life is 10, 10% what it's thrown at you, 90% how you deal with it. Right. So that's a really good point to start in terms of what is stress. So when we say, are you stressed? What is it? It's quite simple. Carl also mentioned about doing it in the gym. Stress is pressure or tension exerted on a material object. So stress is pushing a car out of the way. Or it's also a state of mental or emotional strain or tension, which is a key word in it, resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances under a lot of stress. But stress is very simple, which um, if you're watching, you can see. And if you're not, stress can be categorized as um, 
you know, trying to be your fear of failure, financial problems, your job, it can be your relationship, it can be illness, it can be a carer, it can be death of a loved one, unhappiness, like we all have stress every day. Or it could even be going to the gym and tearing muscle fibers, which is what we plan to do. So stress is something that affects all of us. But as Kyle said, how we deal with it is key. So we all have it, but it's the perception of stress that will have that knock-on effect. So if you see that as an individual, and I'll give you a book recommendation here as well, um, even though, again, it's a bit cheesy, but Ant Middleton Fear Bubble talks quite well about it if you use it in the right way those stress should be little bubbles that are unique events and they shouldn't be a knock-on effect, but your perception will deal with that. So if I have the death of a loved one, me making sure that doesn't lead into unhappiness in my job, then losing clients because I'm not good and then financial problems, that stress should be unique to that death of a loved one or whatever that might be, or my relationship problems and not suffering it. So, or taking it along other things to suffer. Um, so that's kind of my interpretation of it and, and how, the perception of events or the perception of stress will be the difference between being someone that's not stressed. But I don't know. People always say to me, I'm really horizontal. I don't stress about anything, which is not true because we all have it. And then you've got the people that build it up and then they'll moan about a day at work. And then that'll be, so the gym's hard. And then that means they're going to eat shit when they get home. So then they're really stressed and everything's happened because of stress rather than actually just taking a rain check and looking at themselves and, and dealing with what they need to do. So that's kind of my perception on are you stressed and, and how perception of stress is so important. And I put here as well, believe it or not, stressing about weight loss may be your biggest barrier, um, which we'll build on. So leave that with a thought in your mind. Believe it or not, stressing about weight loss may be your biggest barrier. And we're going to go through that today. Yeah, Anything I, think to add? It, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like stress is individual and also like in terms of job responses some people have to deal with stress in their jobs and stuff like that like let's say you're a fighter pilot and something's mm -hmm. going wrong you're dealing with the stress straight away your ability to deal with that stress is is the, the well, what we need to work on and the, the strategies we, we're overcoming obviously we're not turning you all into uh, pilots here but um just so that people understand that stress comes from like different factors and it's different for everyone um so yeah we'll go through those slides and talk about that as we go along definitely we might not be making you fighter pilots but we are going to help you fly yeah always yeah right take notes of that <laughs> yes I'm going to put copies of these everywhere <laughs> yeah but how long how long's that how what did we get to <laughs> Cool. So, so we kind of touched on it already. Is stress always bad? Um, and what you should know. So again, this builds on what we just said. So stress isn't always bad. Stress is in the previous definition can be considered pressure or tension. So when we're trying to build a muscle under weight, that is stress. We are stressing the body and we know that stress plus rest equals growth. So if we as bodybuilders know that or people that go to the gym, um, know that stress plus rest equals growth then we know that stress is inevitable and how we deal with that and therefore lead into that resting phase is what will lead us forward or not um so yeah so perception is everything um and again like i said it could be having a bad day at work so a, a prime example i always get is someone missing a pt session or a gym session because they've had a bad day at work like what like i can't i'm lucky i work in the gym i love it it's a hobby i don't always love training hard fair but it is it is a hobby. So the cliche is like to miss work because you had a stressful day. It's just, well, to me, it's, it's shit. Like, I don't understand it Yeah, because, because you're having that knock on effect, but going to the gym, even if it's not your best session 
will help you relieve stress because you're stressing the muscles. Yeah, and make you feel better. And then you come out with all the mental effects and all the hormones and all those things that endorphins and stuff that come with it, that feeling positive after it will always make you just feel a lot better. Um, so it obviously the way you frame them has a really important impact on your like psychophysiological response, whether your brain and biology work for you or against you. So your perception is key. So if you're focusing too much on how one thing's so bad and you're constantly, this is that I'm bad. So work was bad. So I'm bad. I'm bad boyfriend, bad girlfriend. I had a bad dinner. I did, had a bad gym session. We're just constantly in this negative frame of creating more stress. And we're in a negative, negative habit loop of creating that. So how you perceive those things, for example, I don't know, your bad day at work might be because your computer broke. But it might mean that the perception of that would be that you then went and got you able to do jobs that you can't normally do because you're too busy on the computer. Your perception of that then means that the computer broke, but you was able to do something you can't normally do. So that's so that's your positive. And then all of a sudden you've changed the outlook and have changed that framing of perception to look for the positives and not enough do it. And I have I have conversations with it all the time. People aren't prepared to look for good. I told someone yesterday I was proud of them. And I went, yeah, but I'm really out of breath. What? <laughs> what? What? I'm proud of you for putting in the effort to doing the cardio. You got out of breath, which is a physiological response to cardio. Like, but yeah. can you see how they were, they were immediately looking for the negative, right? Yeah, and yeah. we must deal with that all the time. Like I, I do, and I'm sure you do as well. And we were talking about compliments and stuff like that. I say to you, Carl, your hair looks good. And then you go, yeah, but, my, yeah, but I'm a bit more, heavy, I'm heavier than I want to be. Yeah, we always, yeah, we always look for the the negative in the situation. It's like it's like when you get really good comments from people, and that one bad comment. Let's let's talk about social media. I'm sure you've had it before when you're posting something that's quite different or out there, and then everyone's liking it, liking, liking. You get one person that comments something negative, and all of a sudden you're like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah, and it's and- it, it's the way you frame it, like you said, and and the, and, and people frame things and this is where all of the healthy six stuff like we we come back to at the start they're all in interlinked within their own way um and that's why we've broken have broken them up in in these these ways mm. um so yeah you're, you're 100 there in terms of the way people frame situations and I, and i think that's just it's effort and i think a lot of people that are constantly negative i'm going to put it out there this might be our last ever podcast because we get shut down <laughs> but i'm people are always negative i think they're just lazy they're not looking for the good. They're not looking yeah. for the wins. They're not trying to see the, the positive. Oh, you know, I don't know. Um, my legs hurt the next day. I couldn't walk for two days, right? But that means you probably had like a really good session where you pushed yourself harder because you felt good then. Like looking for the positives and where people don't. I think it is laziness. I think it is. And then it just has a knock-on effect always. Um, but it is inevitable to suffer it. And that's why perception is obviously so important. Um, so... I've put a bullet point there as well. Acute stress is normal. So acute stress is exactly what we're talking about here. That is acute stress. Chronic stress is bad. Chronic stresses that we can't handle with that have a knock-on effect to our mental health. Again, that's where we're not saying that these remedies or these issues are there to fix, but there's no reason why these tips can't help you with the acuter stress, which is a knock-on effect to the chronic stress. Um, yeah. Obviously, a couple of bullet points as well, like more stress equals more fatigue, cravings, anxiety, depression. And potentially even muscle loss and muscular atrophy. Um, so the breakdown of muscle is really quick. Um, so we have to be really careful of all those different things. Um, so yeah, just kind of focusing on those things. Um, but yeah, unless you've got any more to add on to that, then um, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing here, and this is what this podcast, this episode is all about, is 
having an awareness of stress. So we're going to teach you the things you need to look out for. Then the most important thing, and this is where you need to do some soul searching, is how you respond to that. So are you someone that when you're out driving, someone cuts you up, all of a sudden you're on the the beeper trying to square at them, trying to get out the car and have road rage? Or are you someone that's just going to go, okay, right, let's not have that response because obviously we're going to talk about fight and flight in a minute. But when you're getting into that aggressive stage, your heart rate's getting elevated, adrenaline's getting pumped around the body, your your heart's under more stress as well. Um, And we'll get into heart stress um, and things like that a bit later on and the implications of health. But also from a fat loss point of view um, and a and a muscle building point of view, you obviously want to create acute stress, right? So we're training to try and create muscle damage. But I don't know if you see this, you might see this a lot, Travis. People overdo the stress sometimes and they don't actually measure the total load that they're going through in the gym and stuff like that, which is really important for individuals if you want muscle growth, right? Mm. So we don't want to overdo the stress. We want it to be optimal within the perfect range. Now that changes person to person. And it's also something that's quite hard to to measure person to person. Um, So you sort of have to measure manage measure things uh, like we come back to that what gets measured gets managed mm. we measure things look at the data is it going up and down then we manage the situation put a strategy in place and do the same thing again yeah definitely and to add to that just very loosely as well when you're talking about overdoing the stress and not managing total load that applies per session per week per month and per year if you're not progressing total load in terms of muscle building then there's not really any progressive overload. Yes, you might get a stronger squat, but you may not be. You might be underselling yourself on all the hypertrophy of building quads, etc. So it's a really good point. Overdoing the stress, but that does also apply to daily, weekly, monthly, and, and yearly, and and forever. Um, so yeah. So this it's, is some. Yeah, this is a good one. I like. This yeah, one. I was going to say the same. This is something because it's got a visual. I've even like there's even like a little fancy glass on it that I've put on, which is great. Um, is your glass half full? We must talk about this. And a lot of people use it in a different context to the one we're using it in. So a lot of people use it in whether you're looking positive or negative, perception and stress, right? Um, so is your glass half full? Is it half empty? How do we look at the perception of, of those events, whether we're positive or negative? But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what we call allostatic load. Um, and I'll give you, the, again, I'll give you the definition. Allostatic load refers to the cumulative burden of chronic stress and life events. So in, t- in simple terms, how much water can your glass handle before it spills? How much stress can you handle, Kyle, before it overflows? Or anyone listening to this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig him out because he told me before we started recording how he feels this week. I'm going to let him carry on with this slide. Kyle's yeah. allostatic load is currently very, very high. Mine is very, very low for two different reasons. I've just got back from a holiday where I got away from all my daily stressors. I'm very chilled. I'm very relaxed. I'm living the dream. Kyle, on the other hand, is not that person. So this is a really relevant point. And I want to be a bit honest because I don't think it's, I'm not going to go into the mental health side of it, but um, I don't think it's, I think obviously as PTs, we're seen as these strong individuals who train in the gym, et cetera. So allostatic load. So mine's quite high, as Travis was saying. Now we're both self-employed PTs running our own businesses. Um, We get up at really early hours in the morning and go to bed late at night. So, and for our jobs, because we buy into people's journeys so much, um, especially myself, this is one of my downfalls. I get so heavily invested in someone's journey that I constantly think about it. 
and I'm trying to do everything I can to, to get that change for the person um, to the point where I don't take breaks myself. I don't take many holidays because of it, because I want other people to succeed. Um, and my, myself and my partner got married recently and we're going on a honeymoon. So I'm at a point where I need a bit of a break. I need a bit of time off to just switch off um, and just just reduce my allostatic load. So like we said, allostatic load is how much stress your body's taking in. So training volume, mental fatigue, um, mental stress. So like getting quite irritable. I know when I'm at that stage, when I'm getting annoyed with situations that I wouldn't normally get annoyed with. Can I just um, jump in there as well? Sorry. You said a really key point and I wanted to apply this now so everyone stays relevant. Kyle has just said, that he struggles to go away and he struggles to switch off because he's so desperate for everyone to get their results. Let me tell you, cliche number two, if you don't service your car, it will break down. Exactly. So the same applies to everyone listening to this. If you're not looking after yourself, you will provide less service to everyone else. Exactly. And that's, that's something that I, I manage within that. Um, and I, I know myself, I've just got to a point where I've, the last, I've had quite a few projects on to, to sort out um, and I've had tight deadlines. So It'll be a good break. Look forward to going away um, and then getting back to it. Um, but yeah, so like we were saying, the allostatic load is the accumulation of, of all the stresses on the body. Um, and I know just myself when I'm getting irritable with people or situations that I don't normally get irritable with. If my training performance decreases, which it has, like my muscle recovery has not been as good as what it normally would. Um, so I know my own myself how I deal with it. Um, and I just need a break from it. Like, like, like I said, we're going on holiday. So, and it's something that I want you guys like, listen to what I've just said, like, listen to yourself, like look at your health markers, look at your performance, look at your, your daily interactions with people. And when we talk about it a bit, in a bit more depth in a minute, also relate it to yourself. Now we're not saying like, you're going to deal with stress at some point, but it's the accumulation of that stress where the glass is getting overspilled that your body is just saying, look, we, we need to ease off that minute. Um, and just just empty the glass a bit and that that's what, what we're talking about in this scenario yeah uh, so and just as well obviously everyone else everyone has a different size glass and i know it, again it is obviously sounds cliche but we're using it as a metaphor so you can understand it but me and kyle we both run our own businesses i've got a girlfriend kyle's got a wife we both live in houses now if some event happens to me and kyle the same event and we currently have the same level of stress if my glass is bigger, I won't feel all those negative effects of stress than Kyle, who will, because it takes him over. So remembering that you work with Teresa who at work and you both have the same job, you do the same job. Um, you both got a mortgage. You both try and stay fit and healthy. You're both struggling to diet. Teresa's got kids and a husband and you're single. You think that you should have it easier than Teresa, but that's not the case because your total load that you're able to handle is very, very different. And I had a conversation with a client very early on, like a long time ago, actually. Um, and she was telling me about her day. And um, I said this passing comment about, yeah, you know, kind of could be worse. This was early on in my career, right? I said, well, it could be worse. And she barked at me. She was like, well, she put me in my place. And it was a really good conversation to have a client early on. In my, and she was like, yeah, but everyone can handle things differently. So yes, this person might be suffering with something, but that's enough of a stress for me. And it kind of put me in my place. I was a bit taken back at first. And I was like, it's a really valuable lesson that when we're talking to you guys here, we, are, we now know and understand that everyone, that everyone listening to this today will handle a different amount of things. And just because you think you've got it worse because 
you've got all these things going on in your life and your friend has got nothing going on and you think they're super happy because they're single and they live by themselves and they brought their dog and they, they go on holiday six times a year. That doesn't mean that their ability to handle any stress or allostatic load is better than yours. It could be far worse and you could suffer with the same knock-on effects of stress and leading into cravings, anxiety, depression, muscle wastage, etc. So just to try and judge people, and this is not a hippy-dippy feel-good show, but you all handle different things. So not only should you be mindful of that for others, but for yourself as well. Don't put pressure on yourself to feel some kind of way because you should be better because you know people that have got it worse than you. That's bullshit. It's not real. Yeah. And also this is a really valuable point for what, when we coach people, Travis and I will ask these questions in our check-in to see where your, your stress levels are. So like I've got a client last week, she just got a puppy this weekend. She slept for three hours on Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday. She's getting really poor sleep, feeling a bit stressed, food. So we pulled her food up slightly. She's been in a deficit for the past four weeks, but her load's quite high. She's got a lot of stress on. She's got a dog. She's not sleeping very well, which sleep is very important for recovery and this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and when sleep starts going down the hill, down the hill, sorry, everything else starts to follow typically. Um, cravings go up. So what we did is we pulled our calories up to facilitate that, reduce training volume so we're not overstressing. We're using movement just to counteract it. And now she's feeling okay. So four days in, sleeping a bit better. Now we're bringing things back into play. Um, and like I was saying, well, sorry, not like I was saying, obviously my allostatic load is high. One thing that's had a big impact on that is I've been dieting since February. February. Yeah, I was 81 and a half kilos. I'm now 73 before we go away. So I'm also dieting as well as other stress events coming into my life. And dieting is a stressful thing for the body. You're, you're purposefully putting your body into a deficit to drop weight. That's a stressor within itself. Yeah. Um, and this, if you struggle to diet, one of the things to look at here is the strategy, how you deal with stress, because I, I guarantee most of the your shortfalls will be when it comes to food and dealing with stress and mm. hunger cues and that sort of stuff. So that's why, like Travis and I were saying about mindset, mindset's also really important. And this is really important when it comes to your approach to fat loss. I can't stress enough, guys, as well. There's a reason we've put these slides in the order that we have, because we see them as the valuable thing. So we started with mindset in order to help you start your journey. So if you haven't listened or watched that yet, you should. We've then spoken about weight loss and fat loss because we know that's why lots of you are here. And now we're talking to you about the second most important thing of our pillars of healthy six of our pillars that we want you to focus on because we don't think it gets touched on enough. Um, but yeah, really, really important points. And remembering as we go through this, if you're already listening, thinking, well, how do I deal with stress? That is coming. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, so we will get there. Stress. What a title that is. <laughs> I know. Is, is stress getting on your nerves? I, I've put a lot of time in for this. Can you see? I'm, I, I think we've established here. Carl is the Carl is the educated. He's the he's got the master's degree, and I'm just creative. And I just I wait for him to tell me what to say, and I just copy him. Um, no, but is, is is stress getting on your nerves? And this is where we start to deep dive. And we could probably go into this for hours and hours based on both our backgrounds and education on this topic. Um, and I could, we could blow your mind in 30 seconds where uh, you don't understand it as such and, and it, it's not going to be beneficial. But is stress getting on your nerves? It's a very simple topic. It is getting on your nerves. Stress will affect your nervous system. It does affect your hormones. Um, and we're going to just try and keep it simple. 
in terms of what happens. And, and the reason that we're going to talk about nervous system is because we're going to talk about rest and digest or fight or sorry, and fight or flight. So you, those two nervous systems, rest and digest, fight or flight, also known as the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, just the wrong way around, will do things that you aren't aware they're going to do. And then how that will affect your um, sort of fitness journey and the, the ability to do stuff. So if we have a central nervous system that controls your PNS, your peripheral nervous system, which is like your external, your limbs, and then that controls the nervous systems again where we're talking about sympathetic and parasympathetic we could talk about somatic autonomic we could talk about enteric but i don't know about kyle how long he's got today and i don't think any of you will listen to it for that long um but why why would stress and getting on your nervous systems be important you're probably thinking you don't need to know that but kind of in terms of how we react to a situation is really important so if we are in our parasympathetic state that is our rest and digest that means we are like constricted pupils we are in a really good place our lungs are going to be working properly our digestion's going to be working and and kind of everything's going to be happy or as we call it in the geeky side of the world we'll be in homeostasis our body longs for being in parasympathetic most of the time and to dip into sympathetic from time to time fight or flight survival instinct now you might not know this but when you have those anxieties and those fight or flights i don't know let me give you an example you're walking down the street and there's someone behind you a little bit too close and you start getting a little bit out of breath you get your heart rate up what you don't realize is in that time your pupils are dilating so it can take in more information about your surroundings you might find you seeing a dart better your heart rate accelerates because that means that you're going to be able to keep pumping blood around your body quicker should you need to escape it's going to actually inhibit digestion stomach pancreas because it needs all the energy to get into your fight or flight so if you're someone that is constantly in your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight mode, because your, your perception is stress is not wrong, but the way you handle stress is maybe not the best as it could be. And you dip into that fight or flight, we're already affecting your body systems and what could then affect your, your digestion, your movement, your energy, your ability to recover the tightness of your muscles, your lungs. So then all of a sudden that weight loss or fat loss, however you want to look at it based on last week is now inhibited. So when I say to you stressing about weight loss, is it your biggest barrier? Hopefully you can start to understand why that question is posed. And yes, it is rhetoric. Yeah. And a, and a big one here also is um, in relation to this, I had a conversation with someone actually. Um, I'll always say, we always say this. We always have conversations with people. Obviously we have conversations on a daily basis. I was talking to a client about their body weight. And how I are, I'm not always uh, um, ra- uh, irrational when it comes to dropping measurements down straight away. So he's dropping really well, like a lot of weight. Um, and it's just stagnated for a couple of days. And I'm said, that's fine. Like, don't worry about the weight. Let's continue with the process. And we can mm. change things if it's continuous, right? And it's the change in his mood. So he's been buzzing. He's dropped a really good amount of weight over the last 12 weeks. And I'm really proud of him. Um, I'm known him for years, so big up. Um, he'll know when he's listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last few days, his mindset shifted because he stepped on the scales, and they're not. He's not used to the feeling that it's it's now just plateauing slightly, which obviously, as we know, it's going to happen. But his thought process and his change of attitude to it, it's like right. I need to do something else. It's like no, mm, always chasing the win, the quick, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the quick win, but chasing the next yeah. level. Yeah. And I was just the reason I was talking about I'm just going to bring this up is because 
like the fight or flight, although it's not directly the same, your response to the scale weight and wanting to change tactic all of the time sometimes is the reason you're not actually losing because you've never stuck to a process that actually works. You yeah. just want, it's that process based mm-hmm. um, goal rather than that outcome based goal. Um, obviously, I'm digressing slightly. Sorry. No, um, I get it though. Yeah. It does relate. It absolutely does because you're getting on that scale and your and your first reaction is to fight for more or yeah. run away or run for more and you get it all the time. Oh, it's not working. But actually, all the, I can see what you're saying in terms of that initial reaction being of the kind of aggression in terms of I must do more or I must run away or it's not working. That is going to have a knock on effect to your nerves and your hormones and your mindset and then your perception of stress because you're so stressed about it not working that you think you must do more. Your coach tells you to trust the process, but you don't trust the process. So then, so then you just feel like disheartened. But if you just trust the process for three more days, your weight will drop 0.5 kilos and you'll be happy again. So you're right. It it is very, it's close. I see what you're saying. I see why you've linked it because, and it's, I guess again, that it, everything links back into the perception, doesn't it? But it's about jumping on the scales and going, no, this is, this is the process I'm weighing daily because we're looking at those average trends or whatever that we do in our systems or whatever you've done, who's listening with other coaches. So it does link about kind of trying not to, I guess the word would be not being irrational. It's about being sensible um, and measured and managed and sensible for it. Yeah. It's that rational versus emotional response and stuff, Mm. which obviously is a stress response as well. So yeah, I just wanted to come at the psychological aspect. So people know that, yeah, it's all the health markers as well, but the the battle that you're having in your head is also a, uh, a stressor. Like if you're constantly telling yourself you're not good enough, you're not, you're not ever going to get it. Like you're stressing yourself out for something that doesn't actually need to be there. And, and like we go back to the limiting beliefs on the mindset side of, uh, of it two weeks ago, that's still stressing yourself because you're telling yourself you're not good and you're constantly in that negative environment. So just, just a digress there. Um, and nice. just flip on its head. No, it's good, man. Like it. Like it. So wait, have I gone too far? No, I haven't gone too far. Honestly, you think I'd be doing this for four weeks now, wouldn't you? I just kind of been hand on the mouse. Um, I'm going to let Carl carry on because I think he, he, although he digressed, I think he moves onto this a little bit. But in terms of all the stress and stuff, what does it actually mean for you in the long term? Now, this is a conversation I had with a client and I'm going to let Carl lead it so it doesn't feel like I'm talking to her directly and she knows exactly who it is because she's even asked me when it's coming out um, and how this is going to resonate. This is probably her biggest topic that she thinks is holding her back at the moment. So we're talking about stress. We've spoken about nervous system and perception of stress. And I know she's waiting for natural remedies that we can support, but this is really important and she's worried about these things. So what does an overflowed or an over, like overfill allostatic load look like? What does stress mean for you? And like I say, I'm going to step back because I don't want this to come from me as such because we've had these conversations in the past and we'll have them again. So what does chronic stress look like? And what does what does stress hormones look like after such a prolonged period of being under stress? So I'm going to come at it from a heart perspective because one of the most important muscles in the body, the most important muscle in the body is your heart. And it's one of the most not looked after, really. We all look at aesthetically, we want to drop fat and stuff like that. But my background at university, I did a lot of cardiology research and looked at how the heart deals with stress, right? So I looked at what's called left ventricular wall stress. So anyway, guys, it's been great to chat. This is (laughs) over my head. The, The reason I looked at that, so you've got, so the heart has four chambers, left ventricle, right ventricle, left atrium, right atrium. Now, the powerhouse of the heart is the left side, right? How your body deals with 
stress on a day-to-day is really important for that vessel. Now, the reason being is as you start stressing the body out, you get chronic stress hormone responses, right? Things like higher blood pressure, increased blood sugar levels, decreased, um, I, I won't talk about all the hormonal side of it, actually, we'll weaken the immune system, stuff like that, right? And for females, you can have a regular uh, menstrual cycle. Now, one thing I want to pick up is high blood pressure. Now, for most people of an older age, this is something to listen to now, and I'm not going to scare you, but I am going to scare you. Um, and I hope it makes you take action because this is like going to prolong your life, essentially. So as you increase blood pressure, you increase um, hypertrophic ca- uh, Uh, the cavity of the heart so basically that left ventricle increases in size so you get what's called heart chain birth thickening which is called left ventricular left ventricular cardiomyopathy right so that ventricle is becoming bigger so there's less cavity in the in within the heart to pump blood around so let's say when you were younger you were doing 100 milliliters of blood per beat you're now doing 50 yeah because your blood pressure is increased that's where systolic blood pressure comes from now training in terms of cardio, movement, stuff like that, is going to help your body respond to that stress, yeah? So if anything to take from this conversation is learn to manage stress, also use training to facilitate that, yeah? We'll talk about cardio intervals after this um, and how you can actually use it to, to decrease this stress. But if you've got high blood pressure at the moment, obviously speak to a, a healthcare a practitioner or professional you do need to start exercising because that is the one response that is going to help you manage the stress long term because if you do nothing you're going to worsen the effect and it is just a heart attack waiting to happen like that is that is what happens when systolic blood pressure increases and that left ventricular wall stress is too much that's where heart attacks come from and at various bits and bobs so when we look at the 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 shortfall of this is we want to protect everything and manage our stress accordingly so like i said what gets measured gets managed if you are tracking blood pressure look at it alongside your training right we want to be managing it at safe safe levels um looking at systolic um predominantly but yeah sorry i went off on a tangent of that something i'm really passionate about so basically we want to protect the heart as much as we can and give it its its best possible um, response to stress as much as possible yeah definitely and just to add i think people overlook it so first of all in terms of all of that that carl's just gone through it's very simple what can cause elevated stress hormones lifestyle we know that shift work is a carcinogenic working overnight it's not good for our health um work relationships poor sleep poor diet poor emotional health and then obviously what can we see from those elevated stress hormones Kyle used some uh, high blood pressure he spoke about, weakened immune system, irregular menstrual cycle, but also, and I know we said we weren't going to get into the hormones, there's also a few more like increased blood sugar, which is something you can track yourself. Um, Increased visceral fat storage. So very simply, visceral fat is the fat around your organs. I don't need you to be a scientist to understand that having lots of visceral fat, fat around your organs is not a good thing. Poor sleep, breaking your sleep cycle, what's that going to do? Lead to poor energy, poor focus, poor mindset back to poor emotional health, water retention. Guess what that's going to affect? The scales, what's that going to affect? The way you interpret and and perceive your progression. So they just create loads of negative habit loops. And we're telling you that are listening to this passionately because you have lots of stress or because you want to handle it. You have to start doing things that are going to help those or break those habit loops because these are all the short term. If you've got poor sleep, water retention, irregular menstrual cycle, that could be long term, it could be short term. Hormones like 
increase visceral fat. You can lose visceral fat. You can do all of this stuff. But the long term is far worse because if they go on for a long term, that's very, very poor health. And poor health is what we're trying to avoid. Hence the healthy six. And this is why even if you're not losing fat, even if you're not dieting, if you're not like, even if you're not actually on target for your goal, although this, we don't want that, do not stop exercising, eating well, because you, your, your body is a vehicle, right? People, people look after their cars more than they actually look after themselves. That's what I find astonishing in this world. Like people spend thousands on their cars. I'm charging you for that. Huh? I'm charging you for that. <laughs> but no but people when it comes to their body they they literally don't they they don't care or don't listen to it until not until it's too late because most things can be reversed but it just takes a lot of effort but as you get older it, it does require a lot more effort to make the changes mm. so like if you're young like early 20s like enjoy life but also look at these factors and and don't overstress yourself about them because we can go the other way where we stress mm. ourselves about health mm. um, but we just want to make sure that we are understanding these these responses and these factors that we're talking about and now we're going to talk about how you can actually manage them and things you can do practically because remember education plus in, in, implementation gets results right so don't just listen to this and do nothing yeah, correct. listen to this and do something right and something not everything something build up as you go make it manageable because if you try and do too much what's that going to do add stress so again i just we wanted to touch on what signs of stress are so this is these are not the negative impacts of stress as such although they are but it's things that will happen quite easily that you can notice to encourage you to then handle your stress. So for example, I'll use Kyle again, whose allostatic load at the moment is particularly high, but we know he normally handles stress quite well. So what would he, how does he know that he's currently handling lots of stress? Some signs that we could look at fatigue, if he's more tired than normal. And I mean, fatigue, like struggling to get out of bed, open your eyes. I don't mean like a little bit of a yawn here or there. Depression or anxiety, if he's, if he's struggling a little bit more, feeling a bit more sad about things, he's more worried about things burnout burnout is thrown around too much burnout is often the sign of being kind of uninspired yes. we work long long hours we work i, I mean I'm, i say i work long hours i work four days a week because i live i've decided that's what i'm gonna do for myself but there we go but we work long hours i don't get burnt out i don't worry about not getting out of bed because i because i enjoy my job so often it's an inspiration but we but are you've also a clever thing there is you're, you're also managing your your load long term as well mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. I do think you're right about burnout. I think it is thrown out there quite too much, uh, but, literally. But also, we understand that not everyone is lucky enough to do the best job in the world like we do. So we know that some of you are sat there in a gym cleaning the toilets right now. I really hope she listens to this episode while she's gone to clean the toilets. I really do. Um, but we know that not everyone's inspired to turn up to work and do the job. Some people go to work to pay the bills. So burnout is key. So working too hard and getting burnt out is an issue but understanding that there might be more to it. Maybe you can change something, find hobbies, something that just lifts that load of rather than just constantly focusing on the nine to five and working too hard. Obviously changes in sleep pattern, like random changes in sleep pattern, your ability to focus, excessive soreness and reduced sex drive, all key indicators of big, of high levels of stress and under recovery. 
and when you've got reduced sex drive from stress, then you're in trouble because I reckon it's a good stress reliever if you are say so myself. So that's what so handle <laughs> that stress. Good. Yeah. So um so they're the signs that you can do. Again, there's some slides here in terms of the things that can affect, but overall it's going to affect everything. And I can't stress it enough in terms of liver, kidneys, pancreas, blood sugar, gut immune system, inflammation, oh, thyroid, thyroid, brain. Yeah, thyroid is a massive one because um, obviously it's quite a significant increase in thyroxine being prescribed mm. now, stuff like that. So um, the like, I, I'm so passionate about these sorts of things. Like, understand your body. I can't get it across enough. Like, yeah. stop focusing on everyone else's body and what they're doing. Like, understand your body. Like, if you need to go and get blood checks done every year, go and do it. Get external mm. health markers done. Go and get an ECG done. Like um, you can go and pay for companies to do this privately. Don't obviously the NHS is, it won't necessarily do it for you unless you have a, an underlying issue. Go and pay and get these factors and track it every year. Mm. Like blood work is brilliant for understanding actually what's going in inside your body. Is your cortisol high? Is your testosterone low? Mm. Like These things are going to tell you the information you need to know um, mm. to then put the, the strategy in place to, to look after them. So, and I guess the key thing is here is what does that mean for people that are trying to lose weight when we're talking about all these effects? When we affect our pancreas, that will increase uh, or can cause insulin resistance, which is then going to affect the way that you digest carbohydrate. Um, gut or immune system, it may affect your nutrient absorption. So you're not going to take on as nutrients as well as you used to. Um, obviously, you've got your like anxiety, arrhythmia, which is heart. And obviously, Carl's very much passionate about that physique body fat gain body fat loss so when we're talking about this i know a lot i've had this conversation with people people don't there's 50 percent of people that are really passionate about it like us that want to know and then there's people probably listening to this that come across this episode today and gone oh stress i'm not interested and they might have just listened to it they might just be here for this if your goal is to lose weight it is not just a calorie effing deficit or eating the same four meals every day if you want long-term results or go for a long walk around the block it's not that is not the ticket to a long-term result yes we use those tools to create a deficit yes we do but if you want to be fit and healthy and keep the weight off and be the best you if you like or whatever cliche you want to use this is important so if we know what sort of signs we've got of stress what can we do to reduce that stress so cardio is a really good one um in terms of if we talk about it from a systolic blood pressure point of view, so if your heart is under more pressure, more load, do you want me to which, do you want me? which one systolic? Uh, first number. First number. So, yeah. so your first number. So what would a so on that first number then? What would or what would a, a high blood pressure look like? Just so over normal. Hypertension. Um, so they have actually changed the markers slightly. So um, one forty to one fifty is getting up there. Um, 150 to 160 is, I believe, stage one hypertension. Um, 160 plus um, is stage two hypertension, I believe. Um, so, but with blood pressure, what we're looking for. So, if you're, if you've got high blood pressure, something to understand is as soon as you start exercising, you're adding stress to the heart. You're telling it to pump more blood to the working muscle. Yeah. So something we need to understand is how you program exercises, how you uh, train is going to affect the heart. Right. So if you're and this is why I did my study that I did, because I at the time we looked at people with type 2 diabetes. So 
with the increase in gyms and stuff like that, this was seven years ago, actually. Um, at the time, I thought, well, if more people are going to the gym, but more people have got type 2 diabetes and things like that, the chances of having heart attacks and things like that, if people aren't training properly, is increased because you've got someone that's basically a bubble ready to burst and now they're exercising within that capacity that could burst that bubble. Um, so that's that's where the dissertation and the thought process come out. And now it's published literature. The guy that I did it with, Luke Howlett, he's gone on to study this in, in more depth. Um, so I, if people want to read the study that I did, I can send you the article in the European Journal of Exercise Physiology. Um, but basically, you want to manage the, the training load that you're putting your body under if you have high blood pressure, right? So I'm training my nan at the minute. She's 76. Um, we are managing her health long term. Right. And we're using cardio to facilitate that, to, to help her work capacity get a bit better. Now, we're not going mental. We're not using time based. We're using it all based on our heart rate um, and training load. OK, so what, what sort of give me an example of a cardio session you've got your Nando in. So we started because she is older and um, that is a, an impact. She's obviously she's got um, a problem with her hip as well. Right. So we have to use a recumbent cycle. Now, yep. with a recumbent cycle, obviously, you're not going to elevate your heart rate as much. But for her, we can use a bit of res resistance on it to elevate heart rate. So, so for you guys that don't know, recumbent cycle is kind of what a lot of people think is a lazy person bike. It's where you sat back and it's got a backrest. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. That's it. Um, yeah, so I forgot to describe that. Um, I forgot that I'm not just talking to you, Travis. <laughs> um, I'll take your uh, attention, so, mate. Yeah, so the recumbent, so we use the recumbent cycle. So at the minute, we started off, I wanted to see how her heart rate um, elevated when I started putting it under load. Um, and she actually dealt with it quite well. So we're getting her to start with just doing 100. So keeping her heart rate between 105 and 110 BPM for 10 minutes. So that's what we, we've gone in uh, stages. So we did five minutes for the first session, see how she dealt with it. We increased it to eight. Now we're doing 10. So she's doing two 10-minute bouts a week, right? And it's not loads. Like we're not, I'm not, she's not a bodybuilder. We're literally just trying to protect her health. She's obviously moving quite a lot outside of it. I've got her doing some glute bridges as well for her posterior chain and some like wall sits to, to strengthen her, um, and her tendon. And pelvic floor. Yeah, and her pelvic floor. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, so she's just doing easing into it. But yeah, so for her, the reason being is obviously it's my nana want her to be as fit and healthy as possible. I know that doing this kind of cardio is going to help her body deal with stress long term and that sort of thing. Um, so picking cardio for a stressed individual can be really, really important. Um, like Travis and I was saying with response to blood pressure. Yeah, go. I just want to add there as well, before we run away, the reason that I've just got Carl talking about his nan is Kyle's nan is 76 with a hip problem who is looking to get healthier, strengthen her lower back, handle stress, particularly as someone that's older, all the things that could affect that, but she's still able to do cardio. And I'm not that person of what's your excuse. I just want to highlight that actually you can still do stuff. You don't have to be able to run to do cardio. Running isn't a 5K in under 20 minutes. Like, Sorry, cardio isn't a 5K in under 20 minutes. You can do whatever you need to do based on your your demographic, who you are. And this is why it's individual. But I just wanted to reiterate that Carl's obviously talking about reducing stress and using cardio for that tool, but so can you. And it's irrelevant what situations you've got. If you've got a bad hip, a recumbent cycle, you've got a bad knee, go on the skier. If you're disabled, put your wheelchair up to the skier. I don't care what it is, but you can move. Like you can do cardio to help mitigate all those things of high stress. 
Sorry, carry on. I, I had a client, a disabled client, wheelchair bound client, and we used um, some some gyms have um, arm ergos. Uh, mm. So you literally, because all yeah. you do with cardio is it's not actually about the movement you're doing; it's about the heart. Right? Yeah. That, that's what we're using for cardio. Cardiovascular, cardio, right? Cardiovascular yeah, yeah. health. That's what it is. So we're looking at mainly. So if you and if, if anyone wants to really look at this sort of stuff, we can talk about HVR um, and things like that. Um, but I would get a blood, I'd get a blood pressure monitor and I'd get some sort of heart rate tracking device. So you can look at the intensity of which you're training. Yeah. Learn your training intensities, journal it, log it all. Um, like I use a polar, um, H10. Um, they're really good. I think there's a lot of talk about the whoop band and stuff like that in the minute, but look at these data, obviously take it with a pinch of salt because they're never always going to be accurate, but as long as they are, um, reliable, consistently yeah. inaccurate that's yeah. what we're looking for as long as they're giving you some data that's not going like left right and center then you 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 can take something from it but like we're saying with cardio it's it, it's a useful tool for for dealing and learning to deal with stress um and also if you want to get better at training if you have a better engine you're going to train a lot better mm, definitely definitely cool that's and there's some really good points that we will loop back into in a second as well um, and this is something that we were waiting for, or some I know that person was waiting for, and, and Carl's already done it. It's like he's read the slides before we've got there. How can we manage that stress? We've spoken about cardio. We've spoken about blood pressure. We've spoken about blood glucose and taking those measurements. And like we said, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't even need to be accurate. It needs to be consistently inaccurate and make sure we're trending in the right direction. So if I get on the scales and it says I'm 15 stone and I get on the scales at work and they say I'm 12 stone, but each time they go down 15 stone, 12, 15 stone, 10 or whatever, however it works, whichever way, which as long as both scales are coming in the same direction, I know my weight is going down, but they're both a million miles away from each other. So that wouldn't bother me because I don't care about my weight, weight loss versus fat loss, but it's the same with blood pressure and blood glucose. It's about looking at those trends and making sure they don't go too high. Obviously, if you get a proper blood pressure monitor, it's going to be fairly accurate. You want it to be within the realms of where we're looking at normal blood pressure. I'm pretty high. I've always been pretty high. It's probably due to my workload. If I track it every day, my blood pressure is a lot lower on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I'm not at work. That fits into the normal range. Monday through Thursday, where I'm probably caffeined up because I'm a PT. Um, My blood pressure is high or pre-high. And that's okay because I know I'm helping. It never goes up and it always comes down. But understanding they do vary. That's a good point. Just so you know, with regards to blood pressure, there's a lot of things that do influence it. Obviously, white collar syndrome. If someone's telling mm. you to take up blood pressure, you're going to have elevators. And that's huge. Like that. that so huge. also, if you do it, you might want to try it lying down as well versus seated with your um, hands resting. Also, if you've had caffeine, that'll influence it. If you've got your legs crossed, that'll influence it. So... Uh, yeah um as he's drinking a caffeine drink we're not, we're not sponsored by them at all um but yeah so with blood blood pressure if you're getting anomalies and various readings that are going up like travis is saying sometimes there are other variables that are influencing it so don't like react straight away just it's gone up and go oh no i need to go and do loads and loads of cardio we're not, we're not saying that necessarily and um, just take it all with a pinch of salt yeah definitely so how would we deal with it in terms of managing it? And we're going to fire quick fire this off on a list on alternate. So, and then we'll talk about supplementation and how that doesn't, it's not prescribed. So remember, 
and I'm going to loop it back in because we're now selling you how you can manage stress. This is non-prescriptive and it isn't for mental health issues or illness. It is about handling stress that everyone has. So I suppose being as little uh, cliche, when we're talking about this, we're talking about everyone. If you don't think it fits you, then it possibly doesn't. If you think it's more sinister and it needs concerning or it needs addressing, then I agree with you. It needs addressing, but it's not us. To, it's not our place to do that. Um, so how do we manage stress and recovery? So evening routines. So going through evening routines the same. So when you finish work, what can you do? Are you going to the gym, cooking dinner? Having that normality and that regularity in your life can help manage stress because you you know what to expect and you find solace in the fact that you're ticking things off of a to-do list. Yeah, Epsom salts are really good. Um, Epsom salt baths, they are essentially a magnesium derivative. Um, they can help with recovery, especially muscle tissue. Yeah, uh, yeah you, can, you can get them, pour them in. A lot of athletes use them. Um, sauna so obviously like elevating your blood uh, blood, your temperature and just kind of most people would associate that with like relaxing as well so you sit in the heat you enjoy it I suppose it'd be similar to like sunbathing just spending 10 minutes in there could be enough to help you switch off and just let your body relax as well stretching obviously everyone loves a good stretch when people like get into a stretch position they're like oh that's nice Mm. like stretching is going to be good for just lowering everything getting into a nice position and just relaxing and de-stressing it also releases tension, right? So if we're releasing tension in the body, um, it's going to help potentially do that in the mind as well. So when you start to feel more relaxed because you've stretched out the muscles, that can be big. And I think that's one thing that does help me is if I spend time stretching, I do feel more relaxed in an evening as well. Yeah, huge. I, I, like I've used this week, like in relation to obviously the glass overspilling, like I've done yoga, sauna, and um, I've used an app, an app process. Um, okay some high carbs so these sort of things they they do help as well like i feel much better this week mm. like flagging towards the back end of last week um so yeah they, they do work but obviously trial and error trial and error track see what, what happens if it's working cool what can you manipulate um so sorry so i digress on that so you, no, you use massages um i get them done around every month or so um you've got sports massage you can go quite deep they're not they're not as relaxing um <laughs> Or you can just have a normal relaxation massage, um, a spa day sort of thing. Like, I don't know anyone that's come out of a spa day with high blood pressure. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. Um, so, yeah, and then you've got obviously yoga, Pilates, which Carl mentioned, again, similar to stretching. Um, and you, did you say you had some higher carb days as well? Is that what you said? Yeah, I had refeeds on Wednesday. So manipulating nutrition, so getting in refeeds, higher carb days, if, if nothing else except from giving you more energy it gives you a mental relaxation because it means you can have more food. So that's particularly important for people that are dieting. Just getting a little bit more food can give you that reset of going, okay, I'm all right. I'm not starving. I'm not, I'm not lethargic. I've got some energy back and that can be really important. So nutritional setups can be massive for it. But any of my clients that are listening to this and Carl's as well, you might feel stressed. That doesn't mean you get a refeed once every other day. That's not the point. Yeah. It's not about yeah. just eating more. If your goal is fat loss, but in terms of long-term dieting, reducing stress not only on your mind, but your body, a refeed can be effective. But if you're listening to this thinking, why don't you just give me more food and let me nap more then? That's not yeah. the daily point. It's how we do it when we're under high loads or um, kind of as an anomaly or irregular. It's not a day-to-day prescription to support you because then there's just not a diet or not fat yeah. anymore. This is looking at acute and chronic stress. Like These factors are when someone is like highly chronic stress. 
obviously when we're dieting someone down, it's acute stress, but it's controlled and managed by us as coaches and you as the individual when you're giving us that data. And I just wanted to reference that actually, when as, uh, as coaches, we're asking you for data and also how you're feeling as well in checking processes, this information now, we hope you see that this is why we're getting it because mm. it's not just a calorie deficit. Like anyone can say how 1500 calories go for a walk, but if you're not, if you're doing 1500 calories in a daily walk, but not sticking to it, not adhering to it, then why is that? Now, if you've not got any of this other data, it's a guessing game. It's like going to your accountant with with no incomes and outgoings and say, what's my tax bill? It's just not going to happen. Mm. So this is just to reinforce why as coaches we ask for this information. We're not just picking it to, to be anal. We're trying to get you the best result. We need this information for that result. Yeah, definitely. And then um, supplements to support stress. Now, this, is, um, this has come from an education program that both Carl and I did. Um, again, when we talk about supplements and I don't know, we spoke about this on the weight loss, fat loss, everyone's like, what supplement should I take? Well, first of all, sort out your shit that you can control, i.e. evening routine, sauna, stretching, meditation. That is your first port of call. Do not jump straight to supplementation. Um, again, as if it's an acute stress, but there are some supplements to support stress and I'm not going to get into how they work in terms of some of them are adaptogens. Some of them help you with sleep and some of them are just known to help reduce anxiety. Um, but there's ashwagandha, magnesium glycinate which will also help you with your sleep and l-theanine which is also known to reduce like temporary anxieties um these supplements you could get in holland and barrett my protein they're not specialists they're not i don't know what anyone's thinking they're not fucking steroids or anything like that they are natural supplements that you would find in food and natural sources but in an artificial form but please they are not prescriptive if you do take them make sure you check with a doctor first if you're going to have a reaction make sure you check your tolerance but more importantly, do the proper stuff first. Don't be a dick. Don't go to, you don't go to the gym for the first time and bang testosterone. Do the hard work first. Don't, you don't buy a car and think you're an F1 driver. Do the stuff you need to do and earn the right. If none of these are working, you've been to see a doctor or whatever and, you're, and it's just acute and you're not concerned about your mental health, then try supplements. Don't, yeah, don't, don't be a dick. Especially in our society now where everyone's quick fixes. We're not saying the, these support stress management. Um, I use ashwagandha. It's, it's, it's been good for me, but mm, I, use I, it, I used it in this, this scenario for the last month to manage stress, like I was saying. Magnesium glycinate. If you're getting magnesium supplements, be careful because... Um, There's two. Yeah, there's yeah, and one of them does is there's glycin- there's glycinate and glycerol, so they're very yeah. similar. So just yeah. make sure that you are paying attention. Um, yeah. It's glycinate that you'd want. Ashwagandha helped me sleep massively, actually. I mean, not yeah. that I need any help sleeping, but and it's one of those like we're saying these are not magic pills. Um, if your diet's poor, it's you're still going to feel lethargic and crap and stuff like that. Even if you are taking these supplements, so please do the basics first. Um, and then look out for these. If you want to do your own research on supplements, use examine.com, independently researched uh, company. Uh, you can do your own research and see all the literature on this, just so you can see that we're, what we're saying is, is valid. Definitely. Cool. So that's kind of the manage. Now, I know there's someone here listening to this in the future that's going to say, but I've tried those and it doesn't work. And I'm going to talk about, there's also a number of things that probably aren't on there. Um, and I'm going to save this for the end, but we actually discussed CBD oil as well. I don't know if you've got any uh, usage or history of that card, but we're going to talk about it. I've got a couple of quotes that she used. I know a few people that have used it for different things, but we'll touch on that right at the end, like right at the end, because it came in the form of a question, which we'll be doing a Q&A after this. Um, 
but also organization. I don't know about you, but my stress goes through the roof if I'm not organized. I'll come to work today, a really busy day today. So I've got 10 clients. I need to train and we're doing this podcast. So that's my day today. So I've got in at six and I will be here till eight tonight, right? And I was massively stressed this morning because I hadn't sorted out my to-do list. So I spent five minutes before jumping on this call sorting out my to-do list and I feel so much better. Organization is the biggest killer of overwhelm and day-to-day related stress. Being organized in the things that you need to do, when you need to do them, what time you need to do them and your priorities will be huge in terms of just feeling better. So priorities, that's a good point as well. Yeah, and having a to-do list over the week. So what are your priorities to hit this week? What is not a priority? So priority one, priority two, priority three. If priority three never gets done, that's fine. But it's something you would like to do, something you should do and something you need to do. That will have a massive effect on how you feel about certain things and the way your body reacts. And I can't stress it enough how when I'm not as organized as I like to be, are huge amounts of stress. So that's not on that how to manage stress and recovery, but there's 90% of people listening to this. You're not organized enough if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed from your day to day. You can tell me, yeah, but you haven't got kids or yeah, but I haven't got this. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, but you know, if I had to and I had to take them to school and I had, it'd be on my to-do list. Yeah, And also a majority of people are, yeah, they're, they're busy and stuff like that, but a lot of people spend time sitting on TikTok doing rubbish in the morning. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we, we have, we, we hear a lot of excuses and, and when people put up resistance barriers, it's because we're calling them out on their behaviours that they know they're doing, but they want to make us into the bad cops for suggesting that they're, they're not actually being as good as they could be with it. So uh, if you're waking up in the morning, late for work, stressing, sitting on TikTok, then getting in your car, going to work stressed, then swearing at someone because they cut you up or you're in the wrong lane. If you're starting your day like that, you're starting your day with a high stress level, right? You've literally gone straight to the top. Everything's pumping. You're probably not going to be as productive. Mm. So look at your morning first. Well, you can look at your evening, make sure you're sleeping well. Then look at how you're responding to your morning. Are you getting things prepared? Can you spend five minutes just doing a brain dump in the morning so you've got a to-do list like Travis was saying? These things matter. Like we're, like Travis was saying, he's doing 10 sessions today. That's 10 hours plus his own sessions, probably another hour, hour and a half. He's going to be doing a 12-hour day. My days are similar. We have to be very clever with our time. Otherwise, things aren't getting done, mm. right? And I think important to add to that as well is Kyle said a morning routine, and I said my example, but mine's about an evening routine. And that's what I missed because I do my stuff in the evening because I'm, I'm straight out, straight. And so it's finding your time. If you do it every lunchtime for the next 24 hours, that's fine. Find your routine. It's not about doing one or the other we're not suggesting the magic time is at 5 a.m or getting up at 4 a.m or whatever do what fits your life but be consistent and build it into a routine and get rid of that overwhelm stop guessing like that's the key here is stop guessing about the shit you've got to do because that is what has a knock-on effect to your nutrition or your stress levels or your mindset and stuff because you're guessing and then you don't do it and then you didn't get something done and then you go back into that perception of i didn't get this that means you've got to do it tomorrow and it just cycles so that is one of the key ways so there's a couple there's a lots of uh, natural remedies to managing stress we've given you some supplements but again remember this is only like stress this is not depression anxiety this is not mental health illness yeah make time otherwise your body will make you make time it's yeah. essentially as good as that definitely so guys this is going to be posted separately um this is the as always the podcast will follow on um sorry the facebook live will follow on from this um into the podcast um so any questions on the back of this make sure you pop it into the group on the comments but i'm gonna start and i don't know if you've got any message carl i think it's quite a short one today 
um, in terms of the questions. And I said I was going to come back to um, the CBD stuff. So I got a question or a message just saying I didn't want to write in the comments. This is a bit personal. But I really hope there's something I can take away from the next episodes. I literally feel I relate to every one of those tick boxes on a post that I put up yesterday about gut health, reduced sex drive, memory. Yeah. I'm terrified I'm digging an early grave with the physical side effects. So obviously I spoke about what we've spoken about in terms of all those long-term effects and stuff like that and how we manage those. And we've discussed that today. And it basically led to me like she had a massage a few months ago. The lady bent down after and went, are you okay? Because she could feel the stress and couldn't get all the knots out. So the perception of stress here is quite high, I would say. I understand in terms of this person's job. I'm not going to air it out because I think people would work it out who it was. So I'm not going to. But in terms of a job, in terms of a day-to-day, in terms of a life, it's very stressful. Um, There's lots going on. And it it does make it much more difficult for a normal routine. But that doesn't mean we can't be organized. Um, And obviously, and then it, it led to her saying, the only time I ever feel relaxed is with CBD or alcohol. Now, I obviously said alcohol's, you know, that's not the answer. So, and I obviously disclaim that this is not about mental health illness. This is about stress. And if we're relying on alcohol, and I know she doesn't, it's not about relying on it. But um, if we're using alcohol as one of the only ways we can feel relaxed, it's not, is bad. But CBD is very different. Have you ever used it? I've not used it. So I'm not an expert on CBD, um, but I know the benefits of it. I've never tapered with it at all and um, so I, i'm sure i'll let you do your your bit on it well me me neither but cbd is basically cannabis oil without thc now thc is the ingredient in what we would know as like marijuana which gets you high um and i've and it's in as many forms as you want i've seen cbd lollipops i've seen oils and i've never used it but it's apparently very good for helping with muscle soreness you can get like a massage cream like a rub apparently incredible. With, it, with ms actually uh Four years ago, I had a client with MS who used CBD, but I didn't prescribe it. It was with yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so you've got that CBD um, in terms of like that, but there's many forms. Um, and obviously, you can put it on oils for pillows. You can vape it. You can because that can help in terms of the inhalation. Again, these are not encouragements or even prescriptions, but it's just about airing it out. Um, and then kind of said about putting it on the oil. So I wanted to bring this up because of the conversation I had. And she yeah. obviously, hopefully the podcast has helped. And I know that she's at the more extreme end of stress where it is teetering yeah. on the edge. And hopefully those natural remedies, I say hopefully, she better implement some of those natural remedies and then think about the natural supplements. If that doesn't help, then she feels obviously then it's a doctor's issue. Um, obviously you start low with the CBD. She said that... Um, I don't know if I can shout them out. I don't. She has to shout out. I'm not, but they're not endorsing them. She said she gets it from a company called Rain, R A I N E. They are natural. Yeah. Um, so there's not lots of chemicals. Um, and obviously, it makes her feel much more relaxed and kind of a bit not wavy or anything like that, but just about like a bit of calm coming over her. Obviously, you get like calm tablets and stuff like that. But again, yeah. these are just like supplements. Even CBD should be considered as a supplementation. Remember, supplement is of a diet or of habits or of goals and actions that you should be doing um, in terms of like that, from a, how, how you're going to relax, if you like. From a, from a mindset point of view, do, it sounds like she's also overthinking this, like not overthinking the stress, but because she, people have mentioned it and obviously she sounds like she's got quite a stressful life. Like that she, she's describing herself as stressed as well. Mm. So 
everything she ever does. I am stressed, not yeah. I have stress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Agreed. and it comes back to that reframing thing um, where it's like, it's okay to understand. It. And this is where, stre- like, I'm such an overthinker. I overanalyze everything. I'm very, like, if I think about stress, I look at every health marker and I go, right, I'm, I'm st-. like, so it's, it's about looking at it and go objectively, go, right, these are the markers. Where am I sitting with them? Mm. I'm going to try this out for a bit. Give it two to four weeks. Measure things. How did I get on? If she's using CBD and it's like doing all right for her, then obviously get, you you know what you're doing, Travis. So, but um, just get her to 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 track some other metrics. Does she do her blood pressure and stuff? Uh, I don't believe we do have a regular blood pressure because we don't have a monitor. But we are looking at some of those natural remedies where we're talking about like tracking performance and yeah. and kind of like falling in love with the process. I think lots of yeah. her lots of her stress comes from this journey, and yeah, I'm not afraid. Yeah, she's trying to diet. Loosely, yeah. We're on, so we're on fat loss. We've been through quite a long phase. Um, we've done incredible. Again, I'm not going to go into too many details on this because yeah, I, no. I don't want to highlight too much because obviously other clients will soon start to pick that up. But, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where this adds quite a lot of stress to the allostatic load. So this person yeah. might have low allostatic load um, kind of resources or might be quite high. But just as a number of things, I think sometimes this is. And, and obviously, we're focusing on tracking performance, but we're also talking about tracking and understanding the process. Stop chasing the goal. Use the goal as an anchor, but the process driven so that we're not getting creating overwhelm or we're not worried about the scales and stuff like that. So there's lots of things in there. Enjoy um, the journey. Just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, it's easy for some. So I know it looks easy for us to say that because we're in the gym all day, every day, and, and it, it is easier for us to train but it isn't easier for us to enjoy the journey. We just have such a strong link between the value of it. And today I feel like I've been training with Beth like all week and my body feels like it's been hit by a bus just because of that second like little push. And I've got to train today. And honestly, with the day that I've got, I don't want to, but I understand the value in the progress I'm looking for. So I will. And so not only is perception of stress really important and Carl, you raised a good point. Stop identifying as I am stressed. I am fat. I am anxious. You are not anything. You are Steve. You are Alan. You are whoever you are. Like you have stress. You have body fat. You have or you suffer sometimes with anxiety. However, it is. Stop identifying it in terms of that habit loop. Um, Massive. Massive. At the the start of this as well, I asked a question or or made a, a rhetoric question of stressing about weight loss may be your biggest barrier to losing fat. And I think after this, webinar you can probably understand why that was a rhetorical question because after everything we've gone through in terms of the effects of health and the knock-on effect to your body weight and i don't even think we really got into the fact too much about increased water retention increased cortisol causing water retention our overwhelm of not wanting to move as much or to train or to go and get your steps the uh, impaired ability to focus on like brain function cognitive behavior which would affect things such as motivation meal prep is stressing about your weight loss affecting your fat loss? Mm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you think about fat loss, it's a sub, it's a sub, um, it's within stress. Like fat loss is stress. Like it's another stress state. So stress is the overall capacity. Fat loss is something you're you're creating another stress for your body. Um, so and it will come back to that thing. And what gets measured gets managed. Look at all the variables we've spoken about. Don't go into too much detail if you're okay, but 
but just be aware of them. Be aware of how your body works. Is it and like being tuned with your body? That that's a massive thing. Like yeah. Travis and I, like I know when I'm stressed, like I was saying, my my I've had not very good focus this week. My performance is down. My sleeping pattern. I slept for three hours on Monday, and I normally sleep like to a T. Nine thirty, I'm in bed. I'm up at four, four thirty. Right, my body is so in tune with it for the last five years, but this week awful sleep mm. and i know my body right and learn it like learn the telltale signs because this is health healthy six six pillars this is going to give you this is not just fat loss this is everything that encompasses it and it's going to make you live longer essentially in terms of keeping your body healthy for longer right yeah definitely and i think in which case we can leave it there in terms of what we've spoken about remember these are in order um, probably should have put this at first, but I think we spoke about it. Making sure that we're listening to these pillars in order um, because these do have an effect. If you want fat loss and weight loss, and we understand that, but we could get into all the different tools that you need under your belt, but they're not the most important in terms of long-term health. So unless you've got anything to add, Carl, travel out. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Have a wonderful day, team. Cheers. Bye, guys. Yeah, it's good. That's good.